Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, as we begin tonight, we pray, O Lord, that as each person listens, we pray, Father, that you in your kindness, and I say that from the bottom of my heart, that in your kindness will articulate your mind. Let tonight be simple. Let the next few weeks be simple. We commit this, this season into, a, into your hands, O oh Lord. Glorify your name. Make the Bible simple. And for those who are listening to this on podcast, we welcome them and we ask you to bless them wherever they are. Wherever anybody is connecting in from all around the world, be kind to them, Lord. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do tonight um, and for the next three weeks, that's, that's over. The, so that's through, um, through the week, the month of August going on from the last three weeks. Forgive me, let me just change this going on for the, last, for the next three weeks. We're going to be looking at, for those, um, so that you understand what we're doing at any particular point in time, especially if you're listening to this by podcast, please listen to Pastor Agu's sermon on sun, the Sunday, um, last Sunday, that is Sunday the 8th of August. It was remarkable, but it's one of those messages that, you have to listen to so that the Lord, it, it, it's just an absolutely pivotal message. And we're going to be digging into something around that message tonight over the next three weeks, because at the end of that message, he, he laid a charge on all of us to determine what is the new for us. And so I, as I was preparing, the Holy Spirit just laid this on my heart for the next three weeks. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go into what was a sermon it was the sermon the pattern of the new and we're going to break down hopefully answering a lot of your questions on how to determine what is new for me how do we go forward and stuff like that and it will just give you a guideline as to this is what god is doing and so what that will give you is as you begin to determine what the new is for you you'll have a bit of a foundation as to how that's happening and how God is working in that. And hopefully it will be fun for the next three or four weeks, for the next three weeks, definitely. Um, and so that's what we're going to do tonight. And so the first thing I'd like you to do, ladies and gentlemen, so again, if you are listening for the first time, please listen to Pastor Agu's message that is on that was on Sunday the 8th. Absolutely amazing. It is a pivotal message. And so we're going to go into this for tonight and we're going to look at the pattern of the new and so we're going to look at what it looks like so by god's special grace as we go into this season you will be able to identify it for yourself and just go with god because god's doing something brand new in and around us wherever you are in the world doesn't matter what church you're in doesn't matter what you're doing wherever you are in the world god is doing something new in your world okay so let's break a couple of things down and we'll go reasonably quickly um and so the first thing we want to look at is the fact that 
God will always, the first thing we want to look at is the fact that God will always precede the new with revelation. And so ladies and gentlemen, if you could um, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. And we'll start there. And so the first thing I want you to remember, and this is so I'll, I will do my best to put the points and maybe the scriptures into the chat. So if you, if you can, um, you can pick them up from there. Just so we're following along. First thing we want to look at is God will always precede the new with revelation. And we're going to talk about what revelation is and how that works. And we'll look at a couple of examples. The first thing I want to, so let's read. So I'll read from the Bible and I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. And I will more than likely go into a few other versions of the Bible as we go on, um, as we go on tonight. And so the Bible says, verse 2, 9, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and I'm going to read to verse 12. The Bible says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Then the Bible says, but God has re hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And so let's break that little bit of scripture down. It's a great piece of writing. The first place we're going to start is verse 9. And verse 9 says, It's written down that eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So pause for a moment. Without the ministry of the Holy Spirit and without our relationship with Jesus Christ, that can stand true. But the Bible says, notice what the Bible says, that the Bible says there are three things. The first one is, I has not seen it, neither has ear heard it. And those are the, the gateways that get into your heart. And the Bible says, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared. But then the Bible says, but. And so whenever God is going to bring the new into your life, he will always precede it with revelation. Now, when we say revelation, revelation is where God will open up or present his plans and his purposes to a man he will open up the Bible or he will tell you something that he will lay something on your heart that this is what I want you to do. And it's one of the things we want to keep in mind. So knowing this, knowing this, that when God wants to bring the new into the world, notice he will always tell you. When God wants to introduce something new, he will tell you. So I'm going to give you an example. This is a fun example. And then I'll, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple of scriptures, but let me go to one and then I'll go to my example. And so Psalms 25, verse 14, the Bible says the following. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them 
show means to make clear and to demonstrate his covenant. So keep that in mind. Um, so keep that in mind. So what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is when God wants to do the new, as long as you are in relationship with him, he actually wants to tell you. And this is this, and I'm going to show this to you in scripture, but God wants to tell you. Now, the, our first scripture said, nobody has imagined it, but the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us because he searches the hearts of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's put this in context. You and I discovering the new is achievable and it is possible because of the ministry of Jesus Christ, bringing us into relationship with God and the ministry of, our, of the Holy Spirit, okay? So the ministry of Jesus Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he will teach you all things. Jesus says, I'll leave him with you and he will teach you. The Bible also says, that's John 14 verse 26. The Bible also says that in John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He'll lead you down those paths. So the Holy Spirit is going to make sure you know what God wants to do next. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. But let me give you an example, because the principle we wanted to look at was God will always proceed when he's bringing the new into the world. He will always proceed it with revelation, or he will literally tell you. He'll tell his servants, and then he will tell you, and he will tell you. Okay, Psalms 25, verse 14. The Bible said, the secret of them that fear the Lord, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And the Bible says, and he will show them his covenant. I'm going to open up that scripture, and I'll read it in another version so that we, we can be clearer. So I'm going to just pop open the Bible. And then I'll go. So let's go to Psalms 25 and verse 14. Okay, this is what the Bible says. In the Amplified Classic, the Bible says, the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship him and he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning now if we look at that verse in let me read that in the message version of the bible god friendship is for god worshipers they are the ones he confides in so ladies and gentlemen this is what we want to understand i'm, I'm i am taking my time um, and, and it's deliberate. When God wants to bring the new into the world, he will always reveal his plans to you. So it is not a surprise. Okay, we're coming up to 714. We'll take our declaration. And so the Bible says that God's friendship is for God worshipers. And the Bible says that God will confide in them. So ladies and gentlemen, please hear me. As you go on your pursuit, your personal pursuit over the next three weeks to determine what is the new for you. Remember, God is trying to tell you more than you are trying to discover, and he has been doing so. And so this is important. And then I'll go to my example 
please remember your relationship with God is critical. This is what it means. Those who fear him, those who walk in his covenant, your relationship with God, spending time with God in these three and um, the next three weeks are going to be critical for you. And it's not just, okay, I'm doing it for the moment. It has to become a lifestyle. And we've made, we've tried to make it simple and, and, I'll, and I'll try and, and keep it simple. And so let's do our declaration. It's 714. And then we'll, we'll go on with this. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. Uh, oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to make a declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's our declaration. Wherever you are in the world, that's your declaration. May God heal, restore to an original state our lands, our government, our homes, everything, our offices, wherever we do. And so we want to keep that in mind. Now, so let's remember the point we're making, that God will always precede the new. That means when he wants to do something new, the first thing he will do is reveal it to you. So we've looked at two scriptures. One, the Holy Spirit is going to show you the secrets of God. We've looked at one of those scriptures. The second scripture is those who are, let me use the Message Bible's example. It says God friendship is for God worshipers. Those who worship God as a friendship, it's a relationship. So your relationship with God is the most important thing right now as you pursue discovering what God has in store for you. The last thing we said is God has been trying to tell you more than you've been trying to discover it, and he's going to get through to you. So that's one of the nice things. But let me give you an example in the Bible. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Genesis 2, and I'm going to read from verse 18. Genesis 2, verse 18. And so the Bible says the following. God has settled the man. He's put him into the garden. He's told him what he should do. He's told him how life should be, how he should manage it. But now he's going to introduce something new, something completely unseen into the world. And the Bible says the following, and I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. It's a lovely story, so we can do that. Verse 18 of Genesis 2, 18. I'll put that in the chat if you're following along. Yeah, Genesis 2, verse 18. And we're, gonna, we're going to read on to the end. So I'll just say to the end. Okay. The Bible says the following. Remember, God's introducing something brand new into the world. And this is, this is the, the, he's going to, so things are changing. He's going to do something brand new. And I'll read. And the Bible says the following. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Let me keep reading. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 
I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Verse 20, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. So I'm going to pause there and I want you to notice something. In Genesis 2 verse 19, the Bible says, when God tells the man, and remember, he says it out loud. He says, and the Lord God said, that means he was speaking to the man. And he said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Then the Bible says, so that God speaks that into, into the atmosphere, into the world. So, and the man, remember, the man at that point in time is completely connected with the Lord. So he hears, picks it up in his spirit. God's about to do something brand new. But notice, then the Lord says, I'm going to bring all the animals to Adam. And the key word I want you to notice in verse 19 is the following. And the Bible says, and out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see. When the Bible says to see what he will call them, not that God didn't know what he would made and brought it to Adam and say, Adam, conjure up a name. So I've made an animal that is extremely fast, slightly dark yellow, spots on it, carnivorous. Um, I don't know what to call it. Adam, what do you think? And Adam will say, mm, you know what, God? Cheetah. Sounds good. Cheetah. Yeah, cheetah. And God will say, yeah, I'm with you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, God brought the animal to Adam to see or to discover from him what he had made. And then the man would then declare what he discovered from God. And the Bible says that was the name thereof. Now think about it. God went through that process thousands of times. Think of all the animals you can imagine. Think of everything. So Adam was going through that process. What was God doing? He was training him so that his ability to discern what God was doing was honed. So when crunch time came in that I'm now bringing this new thing into the world, when I do it, the man is prepared to play his part and respond. Now, the reason I'm saying that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go on reading in a moment. The reason I'm saying that is this. I want, just want to assure somebody, God has been training you to discover the new. All you have to do is look back at your journal over the last few weeks, few months, over the last few years. He's been working with you so that this particular season is not a surprise. Okay, so he's been working with you. You may not have realized it, but he has. He's been honing your relationship with him. So when he brings something big, he's you are prepared. So I'm going to go back to the Bible now. And so let's read on and then we'll, we'll wrap this conversation up. Okay, verse 20. We've said that. Um, verse 21. And the Bible says the following. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, one of the ribs, and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So notice, 
God knew what he was making before the man woke up. So that means when God makes a cheetah, he was he knew it was a cheetah. When God makes a hedgehog, he knew it was a hedgehog. So when God makes a woman, he knows what it is already. So it's for the man to discern from God to say what it is. So that just want to drive that point home. Then the Bible says the following. And Adam said, so he brings the woman to the man and Adam starts talking. And this is important because that means Adam identified this is new. Then he begins to articulate what is in the heart of God for who was standing in front of him. And the Bible says the following. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. That means he's picked it up from God and says, this one shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Pause. That has to be revelation knowledge because there had been no marriages. There had been no women. There had been no relationships. So Adam must have picked that up from God. And the Bible says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Pause for a moment. That pattern is true throughout the Bible. When God wants to introduce the new into the world, he will always precede it with revelation. He will reveal. He will reveal it to you so that when he does it, you can play your part. You can respond, you can speak, you can react, but most of all, you can believe and then follow on from there. Now, why is that important? So ladies and gentlemen, one key prayer you have to pray for yourself, one key prayer you have to pray for yourself is you actually have to ask God in the next 21 days that Lord, reveal your plans to me. So the first way the Bible says is, let your relationship with God become better. Spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, walk with the Holy Spirit, pray in the spirit if you can. Pray, spend time in prayer, whereby you're not necessarily asking for things, but you're spending time just enjoying being with your father. Spend time in worship get your favorite um, playlist going so you've got that going on your inside. Spend time obeying God. Do what God says. And, that, and that's where you begin to realize God begins to show up. And then the, also begin to respond. There will come a point where God may ask you to give. It's, it's an act of obedience. So all those things create an environment where God can reveal his word to you. Okay? Now, one of the questions is, does the revelation have to be to me or can it be through someone else? Let me explain something. When God wants to reveal something to you, he will reveal it to you, but he will confirm it through somebody else. But he will reveal it to you. This is a season where he wants to reveal your future to you. So he's going to get through to you. He may bring other people or he may use a sermon like Sunday's sermon or he may use a Bible study or he may use a tape to confirm what you're hearing. But please, ladies and gentlemen, let's remember his relationship is with you. That means he's going to want to talk to you. 
All right. Hopefully that answers your question. And so that's why when the, the Bible says in Jeremiah 33, reading from verse three, the Lord says, you know what? Come up higher. Come and spend some time with me. And I will reveal things to you that you didn't know that are fenced in or hidden, reading from the Amplified Bible. And so you begin to realize that's not a crowd, that is a personal relationship. And so we'll move on. So what we've got is God will always proceed the new revelation. So this is key. One scripture I want you to hold on to. Um, Pastor Agu mentioned this scripture about a year ago. Um, and he mentioned that we should drive into it. And I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to repeat it. So it's one of the things I want you to pray. I'm not going to break necessarily break it down today. I might break it down at other meetings, but this is not for tonight. First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Chapter one, reading from verses 17 to 23. Late. Sorry, I spelled first Corinthians wrong. I apologize. Um, it, I meant first Corinthians. All right. So that's pretty much it. And then we'll move on. I will come to your questions at the end. It's eight, seven, 28. I will break for questions in about 15, 20 minutes, if that's okay. And then we'll go through those. And again, if I don't get through them today, I'll get through them as the week goes on. Um, some of your questions, ladies and gentlemen, are rather personal. I will not try and dig into all of those tonight, but we'll answer the ones I can. So that's key. So one prayer you have to pray for yourself is 1 Corinthians 1, 17 to 23. It's, it's so important. So, so important. And I'll read it to you um, because it, it forms the foundation of our request for revelation. Okay. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 to 23 says something completely different. My mistake. I apologize. Okay. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. The Bible says the following. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? I'll stop at verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's clarify something. You can ask God for revelation. You can ask God that God reveal to me whatever you want to do next. Father, reveal to me, reveal to me. And so this prayer says, grant me the spirit of wisdom revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened that i may know what is the hope of my your calling what is the riches of your glory and what is the exceeding greatness of your power i might break that down probably in the coming weeks so that we know but that that's a good scripture to pray so i'm going to move on now so we can we can get through some of this okay all right, second thing. When God wants to bring the new into the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm just copying it for you. Let me put it here. 
point two, when God wants to bring the new into the world, you find God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work in perfect tandem. And the scripture we're going to look at is John chapter 16, 13 to 15. Okay, it's the second thing we're going to look at. The reason I say they work in perfect tandem, let's settle something. Our relationship with God is through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that. Our, re, re, um, our relationship with God is through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When God wants to bring the new into the world, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will work in perfect tandem. That means the intentions, desires, and hopes of the Father will be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. But let's keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what Christ has already won on your behalf. So let's go to the scripture and let's have a look at whether that's, that's the case. So John chapter 16. And I'm going to read from verse 13. Um, and I'm going to read it in the Bible in basic English. Um, it's one of those, it's, I'm reading the Bible in basic English. You can follow along. If you, if you don't have the Bible in basic English, the common English version is great. New Living Translation is great. Um, the modern King James version is great. So feel free to do so. The Bible says the following. However, when he, the spirit of true knowledge has come, he will build, be your guide into all true knowledge. We've spoken about that. For his words will not come from himself, but whatever has come to his hearing, that he will say, and he will make clear to you the things to come. Jesus then says, he will give me glory because he will take of what is mine and make it clear to you. Everything which the father has is mine. That is why I say he will take of what is mine and will make it clear to you. Pause for a moment. So let's break that down. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will only tell you what he hears. When you read that scripture in the Amplified, you realize the Bible says he will, what he hears from the father. So the, that means the God, the father says something, desires something, speaks something, and the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Now, please keep this in mind. Let me get to verse 13. And let me get to the Amplified. Okay, I'm going to read the same scripture to you from the Amplified version. The Bible says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine 
and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said he the, he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit them, transmit it to you. So let's settle something. This is what I want you to understand about the new. I want you to please approach the new with an assurance that there is nothing to be afraid of. Why? When God tells you what's coming, when he reveals his will to you through his word, through prayer, through worship, through your, your spending time with him, notice this is what God says about his word. Isaiah 55 verse 11, he says, so shall the, my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that to which I have sent, or it shall profit in that to which I sent it. And I'll read that for accuracy, just, just for accuracy. And I'll explain why I'm doing that. Isaiah 55, reading from verse 11, the Bible says, so will my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not come back to me with nothing done, but it will give effect to my purpose and do that for which I have sent it. Pause for a moment. That means no, although the new will be unfamiliar, it will be novel, it will be unusual. Let's settle something. It is already settled that God has determined for it to be successful. God is not moving you from a place of safety into a place of uncertainty. What he's saying is, I want to take you into the new, but receive it with an assurance that what I'm saying is done. That's the first thing I want you to remember. The second thing I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, please, is this. The, the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. But while he says, he said he will take of what I have. That means everything that the Father has given to me. Pause for a moment. This is what you must understand. Jesus in his victory, God has given to him everything that is his. Revelations chapter 5, reading from verse 12, is an example. That means when the Holy Spirit tells you this is what the new looks like, he's drawing from the fact that you have a brand new relationship with God. God has resourced what he's asking you to do. What he's asking you to do is going to be settled. What he's asking you to do may seem impossible, but God's going to get it done because of the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's where you, you can hold on. So what I want you to realize is when the new is presented, don't panic, please. Because when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit reveal it to you, what they're going to show you is something that is already settled. It may be invisible, but it's real. How do we connect to it? We connect to it by belief, and then it will move from the invisible into the visible. The last thing Jesus says is that when the Holy Spirit shows it to you, he will take from mine and reveal it to you. That means he's not going to reveal to you a maybe. He's revealing to you a certainty.
He's revealing to you that this is a victory that Jesus has won. He's revealing to you what God, it might be an unfamiliar place, but he's revealing something to you, what God's going to point you to in the new. Remember, it is a settled matter. So this is why your relationship with God right now, you've really got to step back and pause and spend quality time with the Lord. This is not so much that God's just going to tell you random things. He's going to point to you to a future that he's planned, that he has resourced, that he has authorized, that he has already put the things in place before he's even sending you in. And I'm going to give you an example that this is the case. Okay. I'm going to give you an example. So ladies and gentlemen, Exodus 25, and I'm going to start from verse one. And I'll read down to verse 12. I'll read down to verse, um, yes, nine. I'll read to verse nine. The Bible says, and the Lord said to Moses, Bible in basic English, say to the children of Israel that they are to make me an offering. From every man who has the impulse in his heart, take an offering for me. And this is the offering you are to take from them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and red and the best linen and goat's hair and sheep skins colored red and leather and hardwood oil for the light spices for the sweet smelling oil sweet perfumes for burning barrels and stones of value to be put on the ephod and on the priest bag and let them make me a holy place now this is brand new it's never happened the lord says create a place for me to dwell the bible says so that i may be ever present among them Make the house and everything in it from the designs which I will give you. Pause for a moment. When Moses goes up onto the mountain and spends 40 days with God, 40 days and 40 nights, God shows him the pattern of the Ark of the Covenant, the temple. This is what the tent of meeting is going to be like. He gives him a detailed pattern. And for the next five chapters of the Bible, he presents to Moses something brand new that i'm not going to dwell only in heaven i'm going to come and dwell amongst the israelites and i'm going to dwell where you are one of the most beautiful i, I would love to get into it please ladies and gentlemen this is one of the great places great things let me give you an example of how great this is um i'm and i know it's a slight deviation but i think i'm doing it for somebody i i my heart says i'm doing it for somebody exodus 25 verse 21 and 22 and he says um he says this is how i'm going to ask you to make it and he says and put the cover over the ark and he says make a cover of cherubim two cherubims he says put the cover over the ark and in the ark the record which i will give you that's the law and there between the two winged ones on the cover of the ark i will come to you face to face and make clear to you all the orders i have for the children of Israel. Now, let me explain. He says, the cover on the ark is referred to as the mercy seat. And he says, put the mercy seat. Let me go to the King James Version of the Bible. I'm in the Bible in basic English. So you can hear it. Yes, I'll read that. Let me put it into the, the chat. Exodus 25. 
21 to 22. Remember, this is what, this is brand new. And the Bible says, and thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. That means put that in the ark. And in the ark, thou, sh thou shalt put the testimony I shall give thee. Verse 22. And there I will meet with thee. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all things which I give thee in commandment of the children of Israel. Pause for a moment. God says, not only am I going to live with you, but I'm going to meet with you where above the mercy seat what did he put the mercy seat over the law hear me well mercy will always trump judgment someone needs to know this is this is what god was doing this is how amazing what moses was being asked to build he says build something that will change the lives of everybody on the planet forever never been done before Never. This has never been done. This is brand new. He says, build something brand new. Build something brand new. Brand new. And the Bible, and the Bible says that God tells Moses, build it exactly the way I've told you. That is a task and a half. Five chapters of instructions. But now come with me to chapter 30. And I want to show you something. So we're going to Exodus 30, verse 1. And this is what, I, what I've been trying to explain. This is just an example. Exodus 30, from verse 1. Moses now has a problem. He has a new to solve. Brand new series, a brand new expression. And notice what God says in verse 30. Um, hang on, 30, 31, I apologize, Exodus 31, verse 31, Exodus 31, verse 1, and the Bible says the following, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding, and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I behold, have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, have I put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Pause for a moment. What am I trying to show you? God gives Moses a task that's never been done before, but he has already prepared the solution to what he has given Moses. So what am I telling you? When God wants to bring the new into the world, he will always work in tandem. That means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will always work in perfect unity. Why? Whatever God is about to ask you to do, he has already provided the resources, the solutions, the ability, the insight, the wisdom, and the people to get done what he is about to ask you to do. Hear me well. What, what am I trying to do tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please, that whatever you hear next, take the fear away from you. 
when God points you to tomorrow, he's already resourced its success. And this is something that I want you to realize. So when the Holy Ghost tells you, know for a fact, the will of the Father is set and the resources of what Jesus has won on your behalf are set. So even though it may be brand new, <clears throat> and even though what you're about to be asked or presented or what you're going to look at is something we've never done before, hear me well. God has already put the solution to it in place because he didn't train Bezalel when he told Moses. When Bezalel was ready and everybody who Bezalel was meant to train was ready, God then tells Moses, this is what I want you to do. So when God now is about to ask you to do the new, remember, Jesus has already won. You are no longer a victim and you are no longer, hear me well, you are not going into this on a negative. You are going into this as a victor. It may be brand new. It may be novel. It may be, you will literally be taking one step on the proverbial water, but it is already settled before you start. And that's what you realize. And that is true throughout the bible and that what 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 do i really want to pass across what i feel the holy ghost wants to pass across is let there be an assurance that when god tells you he's already provided for the success of what he's about to tell you okay all right it's um so let me go on to the third one and that will be the last one that will um that we'll look at when God wants to bring the new into the world, God and man will work in tandem. That means God is going to work with you. So we have a responsibility to do our part. We've got a part to play. So this is the third thing. So I'll write it out for you. The third thing I want you to realize is when God's bringing the new into the world, God and man will work in tandem. And the scripture we will look at to start is Romans 8 verse 14. And it, it, it's a very interesting place where you realize that when God wants to bring the new into the world, he's going to work with you. As you saw in the story of, we could use Adam as our, Adam at the, at the bringing, when God was creating the woman, notice, God worked with the man to make the new happen. And so turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, and it's, it's a very short verse, but it's a wonderful one. Romans 8, verse 14, and the Bible says the following, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Pause for a moment. That means, let me put a few things together. And this is where we're going to close it out this week. Um, this is where we're going to close it out. And it's this. Your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is developed. It grows as you spend time with God in his word, in prayer, spending time in worship, but also when you 
obey God regularly. That means when God asks you to do something, um, I want you to do it this way. And it might not be crucial, but he's training you so that by the time he asks you to do something larger, you're already prepared. And so let's look at that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Let's put that in context. This is where let's break down one part, our relationship with God, and let's stay there. Your study of the Bible, reading the Bible, spending time in worship, it will lead to you being able to become sensitive, praying in the spirit. It will lead to a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And praying in the spirit is remarkable. And this is what we're going to end on tonight. And then we'll, we'll pick it up from here next week. Um, so please turn in your Bibles to the book of Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude. And let's have a look at verse 20 and 21. Jude 1, 20 and 21. So because God wants to work with you, Jude 1, 20 to 21. The book of Jude 1, 20. And this is what the Bible says. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praying in the Spirit. The Bible says that when you are praying in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, reading from verse 2, the Bible says that you are speaking mysteries to your father but you are also building your spirit man so when you spend time praying in the spirit now this isn't you're not necessarily pray especially when you're not praying for anything you are just praying because it's just wonderful or you just feel close to the lord or you just want to just talk and so and just praying more than the five or ten minutes we will ask you to pray during a prayer meeting whereby you just keep praying none and then what it does is it builds your spirit man in that place in that place god can reveal things to you so that's one thing, that's prayer. So you are not necessarily praying for something. You are just praying because you love the Father. And you're walking down the high street. You're driving, and you're being careful. So you're not too far off the planet. You're playing squash or you're, you know, you're watching television and you're just praying in the spirit, just enjoying the presence of the Lord especially when you're coming into your quiet time, whereby you're not bringing a list of needs. You're just saying, Lord, I'm here to hear from you. And you're just praying. It's wonderful. The second thing I want to say in that vein is this. When you're praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit almost invariably will open up the word of God to you. Almost invariably open up the word of God to you. And so I'm, I'm going to grab my journal so I can give you an example. And this is where we will close. The, I got two questions 
um, both of which are quite personal. So I'm not necessarily going to try and answer them. One of them, hear me well, a man is not going to tell you the new. So I, I, I'm not going to speak from, I'm not, I got some very nice questions, but they're personal, very personal questions. God will come, he may confirm it through a man, but it's not for me to, it's not for someone like me to tell you, this is what God is doing. No, no, God may confirm it through me, but he's going to tell you first through your relationship with him. So I want to read something to you. So this is, this was happening, this happened to me during um, about three or four days ago. I was preparing to speak on Saturday. So I was studying excellence and I happened to get to, um, I was reading a part, I, I got to Genesis. I'm looking at the part in Genesis where there were um, rivers that watered the garden. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just put scriptures together for me and it blew my mind. Please write these scriptures down. Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. And someone reading from verses 1 to 3, speak of <laughs> uh, what resources do I refer to when I'm studying the Bible? Mainly, I'll come to that. I will, I will tell you, most of those, are, actually, I may just grab onto those next week and I'll tell you. I promise I got that but I'll tell you the resources I refer to. There are quite a few. Esod is one. Esod is a great resource. Um, the Dakes Bible, just reading, but mainly just reading the Bible and letting the Holy Ghost explain it. That and praying in tongues, mainly, that is what I do, mainly. But that's me, not you. That's me. Just use those, okay? Just And I will expand on that next week. So I come to Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8, and Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. And the Bible says that it describes a man that is planted by the rivers of water. And then the Holy Spirit puts scriptures together. I'm not studying it, but he says, do you realize that you are planted in the rivers I'm talking about are the ones in the Garden of Eden? And I say, Really? Then he points me to John chapter 15, reading from verses 1 to verse 8. And the Bible says, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And God is the husbandman, meaning the vine, who is Jesus Christ, is planted in the garden of God. And God is the gardener. By now I was shouting. But then it began, I just began to realize that, wait a minute. So when the Bible says, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, it means that I am, you are part of the vine that is planted in the presence of God and nothing can stop you bearing fruit. I begin to run around my study like a crazy person because I just declared over my life and I'm, I hope someone does it too. I said, my season of drought is over. I am, I am planted in Christ, in God. I will forever bear fruit. And then Psalm 92, reading from verses 15 to the end came to me and boom, the Bible says that we will be, the righteous will flourish like palm trees planted in the courts of God. It can,
came while I was studying the Bible, praying, and the Holy Ghost just began to put scriptures together. And this is a great question. Somebody asked me, what is key in finding newness or renewal in an old thing? Key is this. Let's settle. The new comes from God. Spend time with him in his word. That means the circumstances around me are not the issue. It is Lord, me spending time in God, turning the volume down. That might mean fasting. That might mean spending a little bit longer in prayer. That might mean praying in tongues a bit. That might mean allowing the Holy Spirit to, um, to lead you to different places. But hear me well. Spend time with God. That is the new one. Ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up tonight, what am I showing you? Three things. Number one, God will always proceed the word with revelation the new with revelation, and it will always come from his word. Number two, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will work in tandem. Effectively, God is only going to reveal to you something he has settled and made a reality before he tells you. Number three, God is going to work in tandem with you. That means he's going to work with you. He will tell you, and your responses are going to make a difference, and we're going to pick up from there next week. Um, and so if I've missed anything, I will definitely tell you, I hope you have been blessed today. As you go into this week, don't go into it under pressure. God wants to tell you more than you want to know. So as you reach up to him, you'll realize he's just about to flood you with new. Grab a good notebook, carve out time with him fast if you want to. But ladies and gentlemen, God is about to do something special and we'll continue this theme next week. May God keep you and may God bless you. And if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. May you have as many miracles as everybody else who's listening today. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you next week.